My guest today is a wedding consultant and owner of Isle Runners Wedding Consulting Services. Please welcome Ty Quarles. Ty, how's it going? Going well. How about you? Uh, I was going well. Good. No complaints. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You've had quite an impressive lineup, so I'm in good company. <laughs> well, thanks. And, and yes. So, you know what? Let's jump right in there. Sure. Let's do it. What do you do? I am the owner and lead planner of a Houston-based wedding consulting company called Owl Runners. My responsibilities to my clients are, I guess the best way you can summarize it is that I match couples up with outside vendors like florists and photographers and ultimately organize the instructions to those vendors. I create custom floor plans and layouts for events. I also create schedules and itineraries for the day of. And on the day of the event, I am responsible for coordinating dozens of wedding vendors, the entire wedding party, and hundreds of wedding guests on the day of the event. So the best way I would describe it is to say that my job is to sort of act like a project manager for weddings. Yeah. All right. Great description. Now, how'd you get into this? How'd you get into this industry? How'd you get into creating this company, Owl Runners? Yeah. So it's kind of a roundabout way that I kind of got to this profession. So Owl Runners was founded in 2001. And it was actually sort of created out a little bit of frustration that I had personally when my husband and I got married 20 years ago. So at the time, both my husband and I had recently graduated from college. We were in the process of buying a house and moving and had just really started building our own professional careers. We didn't have a lot of time or excess income to spare. And back then, full service full-time professional planners or planning companies just weren't as common as they are right now. So we just hired a family friend to sort of walk us through the day of and make sure that things are taken care of. But what I sort of noticed was a lot of the heavy front-end planning was on me. There were just so many things that they didn't do. They just sort of showed up on the day of and on the actual day of the wedding there were lots of little details that were forgotten that we wanted to incorporate, but just sort of got missed some sort of way. So because I had done so much of the pre-event planning and paperwork myself, I just started volunteering to help other friends plan their weddings and it just kind of took off from there. Nice. Okay. That's great. And now, so starting the company then, how'd you go about that? Did you, is that something that you had knowledge on or did you have people helping you? How did that work out? No, um, I was, I guess the best way you could describe it is I was pretty much self-taught mm. and I decided to take courses from organizations like NACE, National Association of Catering and Events, so that I could get the hospitality side of it. Mm. But I'm the first person to say I've had a very unorthodox route. My background is actually in engineering. I graduated from Texas A&M with a degree in civil engineering. And most of my work experience revolved around like land development and forensic engineering. But 
just had this passion for events and planning events. And I just always thought that just because something could be considered to maybe be a little more of a frivolous industry that I could improve how those events were planned and make it a little more streamlined and more organized. So believe it or not, a lot of what I do involves math. So luckily my degree has not completely gone to waste is that I still get to use some of those math skills and problem solving skills for budgeting and creating floor plans. So I consider it a huge asset, but yeah, I just took what I had and just sort of improved it over the years and just always made sure that I was involved with professional organizations. Right now, I'm a member of the Association of Wedding Planners, so I'm always sort of in the know of current standards within the industry. And yeah, that keeps me on my toes and keeps me where I need to be within the industry. Okay. Great. Now, you mentioned it from budgeting to floor plans to working Mm -hmm. with these different venues and vendors and the instructions that you have to give. You know, you started where you you kind of helped out your friends. Now Mm -hmm. you're doing it in a business. Was that a smooth transition or were there sometimes where you kind of fell on your face and had to learn from those mistakes? You know, I'll say that I've been pretty lucky. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you why. I think because I started so long ago. Mm-hmm. before it became really big and clients honestly started taking us seriously. Cause I think in so many ways, they think we just sort of, you know, wave our hands like air traffic <laughs> controllers and, and pick colors. <laughs> so I was actually able to sort of grow with my clients. So there's always been room for improvement and they've got some great programs out now, software programs and organizational platforms that make my job easier. But I'll be honest, I think I've done pretty well just sort of keeping up with what the needs of my clients were at the time. So luckily, I don't really remember feeling that way. I always sort of felt encouraged that I could do what was put in front of me. Okay, great. Yeah. And then then you mentioned the software programs. That's one thing I was going to ask you, just how are you able to organize everything? Because there's just so much going on and that's just with one client. But Absolutely. So how are you able to <laughs> get it all and organize it very, all? Very, very carefully. So <laughs> the, the first thing that people think of, of course, when they think about a wedding planner is just the basic organizational skills. But mm-hmm. I think what's even bigger than that is for planners to have complete, just technological efficiency. On average, for each event, I can say I spend about maybe 500 billable hours working on a single event. So it's just really important for me to use the best of the best organizational and scheduling platforms. For example, when I'm doing floor plans, I've got to use software or drafting software that easily has the types of images that I need to be able to put tables on a floor plan and things like that. So that just makes my life easier that there are these things that are already sort of preset for planners that just make my job easier. And even bigger than that, people don't really, I don't know if people really realize this, but I'm just obsessed with Google and all Google products, all Google apps have just been a huge game changer for me just the suite of applications that they have 
just makes keeping everybody organized. It just makes it just very, very easy to do. So we'll also have software programs like Dubsado or 17 Hats is awesome for organizing. They call them projects, but pretty much what it is, is each event is its own project. So each Mm. of my clients or each of the couples is its own project. So I can have a general list of to-do list items by date that I can look at overall for all of my clients, or I can look at them individually for each one. So Mm. it just sort of keeps me on my toes and helps me to stay on top of what I need to do and when. Okay. So you're kind of keeping abreast of this technology out there. And it seems like the more technology that there is, the easier it is for you to stay on top of everything and to do your job. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. But at the same time, there is no substitute for just basic human connection. Mm -hmm. And especially in what I do, I love technology and that's what helps me get most of my behind the scenes work done. But an old school phone call or face-to-face meetings with clients over coffee, sometimes they just need that from you and you have to be able to, I don't like automating everything. Mm -hmm. I like for my clients to be able to reach out to me if they need to, because you've got to realize what we're dealing with is somewhat delicate because people are sort of inviting you. These are real people and they're sort of inviting you to become a part of the confines and you're working within the confines of their family dynamics and their personal circumstances. So you've still got to be calm. You've got to be a great listener and you've got to just not be a robot and make sure that you're really connecting with your clients. And I think that that makes a huge difference as well. Okay. Now you mentioned being calm. Have there been times where you felt like you kind of had to be a psychiatrist at times as well with everything else you're doing with how stressful things can be and just any other surprises that came up that you didn't think about beforehand, like maybe the venues, how some vendors might be hard to deal with or just the timelines of everything. Any surprises that happened to you? So all of my packages come with the sofa and, you know, so if people want to just lay down and talk about their (laughs) issues, so that, that just, I just kind of wrap that all into one. No, I'm just kidding. But a lot of what I do is very emotional Mm -hmm. um, or there's an emotional component to it. So my job is to just sort of be the sort of middle ground and just to be sort of the calm center as other things are going on. And I find that as long as I sort of keep my cool and my composure and I could tell you stories, that's a whole nother show. I could tell you so many crazy stories of vendors who have done some of the strangest things, family dynamics that were challenging, but you have to realize when you're in this sort of business that you have a responsibility and that everyone is sort of looking at you. And if I don't react, in a negative way, or if I don't get upset and I let everyone know that it's okay or it's going to be okay, I tend to notice that everyone around me just sort of calms back down a little bit. And we've got all kinds of tricks to keep people calm or, you know, special seating arrangements if people don't want this person sitting next to that person. So it happens. And, you know, it's just a part of what we do, but I try to just make sure that I hold myself accountable with my behavior in the situations. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, 
how do you publicize at this point? Is it just word of mouth or are you doing other ways? Other so media? the wedding industry is quite seasonal. COVID has sort of thrown a wrench in things and things are a little different now. Mm-hmm. In Texas, for example, or in Houston, let's be more specific. I don't get a lot of inquiries for weddings like July through August because it's just too hot. Right. And people just don't want to be outside <laughs> in a hundred degree weather. So, but other than that, the, what we call engagement season, which is sort of the time period between Thanksgiving and Valentine's day is a very busy time for us to get new clients because people are just recently getting engaged because of, Um, the holidays, they're around Mm. family, Valentine's Day. So what we'll typically do is do promotions. I personally love, I've tried all kinds of platforms. I've tried advertising through magazines. I personally have not found a lot of success that route because I think a lot of people are just digital and they just don't pick up magazines and paper anymore. But I've had a lot of success with Google ads has been awesome. Sometimes Instagram, it just sort of depends. I don't really get a lot of traffic through Facebook, but usually, and believe it or not, LinkedIn for some reason is a hot spot for inquiries for me. I think what it is, is because the types of clients that I have are usually working professionals. Right. And they may see a post from one of their friends who may have been a prior client and I get my message out that way. So over the past, maybe two or three years, I've pulled back on advertising a little bit because I haven't really found the need to do it as much as I had in the past. But yeah, Google, Google, once again, I'm bringing up Google, Google ads works really well um, for us with that in terms of advertising. All right. Yeah. That's okay. All right. Now, can you talk about what a typical day looks like for you? I am a little bit of an early bird. So I get my best work done earlier in the morning or earlier in the day. So for me, ideally, I'd like to get started before seven, answering emails and just sort of organizing myself. Wedding businesses or wedding related businesses typically don't open until maybe nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. So once those businesses open and I need to contact them, it's just sort of nonstop after that. I guess I would say I like the hours are very, very fluid, but I would say I typically try to take a break probably about at about five Mm o'clock, but most of the time I do work later after that because most of my clients work and I want to make sure that I can accommodate their work schedules and they're, and they are typically not available until later on in the evening after uh, they get off work. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So okay. some people could describe it as almost a 24 hour industry. Mm-hmm. I try not to do that. I try to make sure I separate myself and, and leave myself some personal time. But at the same time, once I take a client on, we sort of get in each other's groove and we know sort of what are your best hours to have a video call or for us to meet a vendor or things like that. So very, very fluid, but typically just, I would say about seven to five and then whatever else happens later on in the evening for my clients that are already booked. Okay. And then 
let's say wedding day, what is that typically? <laughs> I know weddings could be completely different, but typically, right. you know, what does that look like for you? So a typical event day is about 10 hours. Mm. That starts pre-event coordination and everything that I need to do on my end to get vendors organized and make sure that everything is set up the way that it needs to be and all the way through the last song that the DJ plays all the way through getting everyone out of the building. So I stay until the very end. So I am making sure that the vendors have all of their items and fit they're cleared out. I'm staying and talking to the people at the venues to make sure that, you know, our clients have left their properties the way they found it. So typically I would say maybe 10 to 12 hours depending. And then that just depends on what time the ceremony starts. So usually the earliest I would start is maybe about eight. So it's not necessarily super early because I don't really have that many morning weddings, but yeah, probably I would say maybe 9 a.m. to maybe midnight or one o'clock. Okay. All it's right. a long day. Yes. <laughs> it's, a lo- it's a fun day, but it's a long day. Right. The adrenaline just keeps you going. So you mm. don't even, it's funny. You don't even realize that you haven't like eaten mm. in like eight hours. You're like, Hmm, that's weird. I, I think <laughs> I'm hungry or thirsty, but you're just so excited that you can just really just run off the adrenaline. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, now on a high level then, so for how a life cycle will work for you on an engagement, mm-hmm. you, a client reaches out to you, mm-hmm. I guess you meet with them maybe mm-hmm. once or twice to just talk about everything and what they're, what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you're going out to, you're calling and going out to these different vendors, your photographers, who's doing the cake, things from like dances and things of that nature. Are you doing that as well? Right. So typically how it starts is with a basic just inquiry before they even hire me, Mm -hmm. they would go to the website and submit an inquiry. One of the biggest things, and I can't stress this enough for other people who are considering being wedding planners to people who are considering hiring a wedding planner is we discuss, you know, it's a, it's a dirty word and no one wants to talk about it, but we talk about budget Mm -hmm. and we talk about, you know, are my services a good match for your budget? Mm -hmm. We determine if you are going to get the best value for what you were looking for or what you were looking to spend. So the budget, I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but if you go ahead and get that conversation out of the way, it just makes for a much more enjoyable experience later. So once we determine the budget, I provide them with an itemized wedding budget so that they know how much they can spend for each of these vendors. And then I send them a list of contacts of vendors that I feel are a good match for their personalities. I always like to mesh vendor personalities with, client personalities. I think it's really important, but I also match them with people that are within their budget. Brides are so much more stressed if they've locked themselves into contracts that exceed their budget Mm -hmm. because the rest of the planning period, they're trying to figure out how can I get this money to be able to pay this vendor 
and it just takes the joy out of it. So I like to sort of develop a plan of what we're going to do before we sort of go out there and start interacting with other people so that they just have a much more enjoyable experience. Yeah, that was great. Okay. I'm guessing when you first started, when you were doing this for your friends, kind of negotiated and kind of come down. And as you got more seasons, you were able to just stand firm on what you're charging. So if so, how did that, if that's how it went, how were you able to do that? Is that easy to do? You know, what's so funny is that in the beginning, I did a lot of free, let me get some experience Mm -hmm. kind of events. And my friends were like, I love this. This is awesome because she's not charging anything. (laughs) But I think, I mean, I'm going to be honest, the more confidence that you have in what you're doing, your prices should reflect that. Mm -hmm. So for me, my prices have sort of been pretty stable for the past, I would say two or three years on one of those platforms that I've mentioned. I have a tracker of how much time I spend for each event and I've kind of figured out what my formula is and then I've figured out what my pricing needs to be across the board no matter you know what size the wedding is I've figured out what my pricing needs to be in order for me to be compensated appropriately on an hourly rate so it hasn't been that difficult for me because What was helpful for me, let's say this, is in the early years of when I was planning, after everything was done, my clients would come up to me and say, you need to charge more than this. This Mm. this is wonderful. You need to charge more. Mm. So I, you know, I kind of heeded their advice and just, you know, and I wasn't afraid anymore of offending anyone by the price. I know the value of what I do, to be honest. And I know the amount of time and effort that I put in it. So for me, it hasn't been that difficult for me to charge what I need to charge because I know I'm not charging unnecessarily right. um, and I'm just not gouging prices. So for me, it's, it's, it's been actually pretty easy for me to do because I know what goes behind it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. And it's great that you have the, uh, that affirmation of your clients telling you how great absolutely. of a job you are. And yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. That helped a lot. Well, with that, can you talk about what you love about what you do? This sounds so cheesy, but I really do mean this. But I just love love. And I love seeing all different types of people just be able to celebrate their love. So a lot of times, kind of going back to what we were saying earlier about some of the challenges that you may have um, with within families, with vendors, et cetera. One thing that I love doing the most is when I have couples that sort of come to me and they have these major anxieties about either bridging the gap between the two families that are coming together or healing old wounds within separate families. It makes me happy um, that if I can do something just as small as making sure things that a bride may not think of, something as small as making sure that this aunt has a boutonniere or a corsage Mm. and she lights up because she feels special now. That's what I love to see. If I can add any or just be a source of positivity, I'm just, I just love it. So I love 
just seeing people come together and just, even if it's just for one night, having everyone leave feeling valued, that makes me happy. Mm. Nice. All right. Now, what about on the flip side? I know you mentioned COVID, what's going on now. It makes it a little bit yeah. difficult and the summers in Houston. Yeah. But what other challenges or obstacles are out there for you? I've tried to remedy this by a couple of years ago, and you're aware of it because you've been a contributor. Thank you for one of my blog posts. It's just sort of educating people on what to expect when they're planning a wedding Mm -hmm. and what options are available. And the hardest part for me sometimes is I'll be honest within our industry. A lot of my colleagues have said the same thing. We are sometimes not a very well-respected profession. So we get people that are like, what will you do for, for 50 bucks? Absolutely nothing. You know, (laughs) but we will get people that continually try to lowball us on pricing that don't really see the value in what we do. But at the same time, once I explain to people the amount of paperwork that goes into it, the number of hours of service that that are put into it, most people 99% of the time are like, okay, I get it. I didn't realize it was that complicated. Yeah. So that's why I started a blog, a blog series just to, just to inform people so that they know, you know, why our prices are this way. Um, that's the biggest thing for me is just for people to see value in what we do. Now, I'm not saying that everyone needs to hire a wedding coordinator. You may not. But I just really want people to understand that there is value to what we do. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. wild to me. I know I'm looking from the outside in, but I'm thinking that most people will know or understand the value that no. is added by using a wedding planner. But, well, yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. But, it's, but I think what it is is everyone thinks that I can do that or, or I get a lot of inquiries. This is funny. I get a lot of inquiries that say, I just need you to organize vendors and be there on the day of and help me pick out vendors and do this and do that. And it's like, when I see, I just need, it's like, (laughs) that's everything. You know, I need you to make a schedule. I just need you to make a schedule and do this and do that. But they don't realize that it takes a lot of planning and coordination to get it just right. So um, another thing I think people don't realize is, that the websites that you see for planners um, and I'm giving kudos to all my fellow planners out there is, you know, the organizational system, the, the email, the automated email response that you got back when you submitted an inquiry. Um, Those, you know, the gift bag that you got, the welcome gift or whatever that you got, those things cost money. Websites cost money. It takes the photographs. Our industry is very visual So people are always sort of craving photos. So we're constantly doing photo shoots to get our our images and our branding. And there's a lot of thought and energy that goes into that. And I think a lot of people are drawn to a certain look and they don't necessarily know why, but at the same time, they don't connect that that's why the pricing is what it is because we're still on the back end having to pay for all those things. So yeah, it's just constantly just, just making sure that people understand what we're doing. I don't think any of us are trying to become millionaires 
from one person from these events at all. And I just, you know, it's developing that level of trust with clients. Okay. All right. Now, earlier you mentioned just the crazy stories with some of the vendors that you've dealt with and uh, family members. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about some of the more memorable moments that you've had? Good, bad, crazy, funny, anything? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I try to forget the bad stuff. (laughs) But this has happened to me a couple of times, but there's one particular event that sticks out in my head. Let's say the event was on a Saturday, Saturday evening and Monday morning, I got a phone call from the mother of the bride and she said, I don't know what to do now. She was, she said, um, I don't know how to not talk to you on a regular basis. And I just, mm. I can't believe this is over. And she's like, I don't want to get off the ride. And I'm like, well, ma'am, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that was just really memorable. To me. And sometimes I do, I get calls from, from clients and they're like, what are you doing? They were like, I just, I know we we're you know, it's normal for us to talk on a regular basis. And after it's over, it's like this, you know, I think for both of us kind of this void because we've built these relationships. Yep. So it's just one of the biggest compliments that people have had just such a great time. And, you know, most importantly, that hopefully I've done something to make them feel comfortable and that I've made one of the biggest, most memorable days of their life just special for them. So it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. So that relationship building is a skill, a skill set. And I wanted to, you know, I didn't ask this earlier, but what, what skill sets and characteristics do you think are most important to be successful in your line of work since there's so much that you have to do? Absolutely. I think, and this is on one of my blog posts, I think sometimes wedding planners have gotten a bad rap on what their personalities are. I think a lot of times people think that wedding planners are bossy or controlling or superficial and it's just it's just so not the case i just know so many other just wonderful wedding planners so besides what we kind of talked about before about being calm and being positive you have to be a great listener i think you need to be listening more than you're talking so that you can make sure that you know these these Couples are, you know, especially brides, they're pouring out their dreams to you, things that they have envisioned to happen for their wedding day, maybe since they were a kid. And you have to be able to receive that and translate that into something wonderful that is also appropriate for the budget that they're spending and for what we're given in terms of the parameters of the venue and size of the wedding party. There's so many other things. So we are sort of at a weird position to where we're taking people's dreams and sort of twisting them and contorting them a little bit to make it fit for an August in Texas, for example. So yeah, I think one of the biggest things you can do is just be a great listener. And then you also have to know when, and how to offer recommendations. It's still their idea, it's still their wedding. I'm just a firm believer of that. I have my own style aesthetic and I have my own things that I really like to see or things that I think are beautiful, but that doesn't mean that I should just overwhelm my client and force her hand to do something that she doesn't wanna do. Mm -hmm. So those are the big things for me. 
Yeah, didn't even think about that. You uh, mm -hmm. kind of want to give your ideas, but at the same time, you Absolutely. don't want to push yeah, your your view of things. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Ty, we're at the end of this interview. I want to ask you some quick hitter questions just for fun to get to know you a little bit better. But before sure. I do that, though, want to see, is there anything additional that you would like to talk about or discuss or anything you think I might have left off asking you? Um, I would say if there's anything that we didn't touch on today, I would say go to our website and look at our blog post. We try really hard to just communicate who we are, what we believe in, and especially with COVID, we've got a recent blog post out now where we're just helping people get through these difficult times. I've had brides approach me saying that they felt ashamed talking about their wedding, especially at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, because it felt frivolous when there was so much pain going on in the world. But how they feel is valid, and they should be excited. So my biggest takeaway is look at our blog posts and see what the messages that we're sort of sending out and grab some information. It's there. Great. Okay. And can you give the website and information on the blog post? Sure. The website is wedding consulting services and that's with an S.com. And the blog posts are just on the top down menu at the top where you can or if you're on your smartphone you'll see the menu for that yeah i think it'll be very very informative very informative um, on instagram you can look for us under just aisle runners and if anyone needed to reach out to me directly on linkedin they can just look for ty quarrels perfect all right all right so let's get to these quick hitter questions all right let's do it all right first one what's your favorite sports team any team that my kids are playing on, uh, I'm that mom. I'm, like that. <laughs> <laughs> so anything that they're playing. So I'm a bat. We're a basketball household. Okay. It's just it is the coolest thing to see your you know your sweet kids and they get on that court and they're mm -hmm. just aggressive and they're slapping balls and you're just like <laughs> this is awesome. Who are you? <laughs> so yeah, any team they're on. That's great. I love it. Love that answer. All right. Favorite movie or show? Um. I'm more of a TV person than a movie person. I'm going to say Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I was in serious. Um, I had some serious withdrawals for after the last episode, and we just, I didn't know what to do with myself <laughs> after, on Sunday nights anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, good show. Good show. Yes. Favorite musical artist or group? Uh, Prince, hands down. Mm, yeah. Favorite vacation spot? Favorite vacation spot. Um... I'm a spa girl, so I'd have to say Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, it's just beautiful, and they've got just some of the best spas. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. And favorite food or drink? Um, anything chocolate. All right. <laughs> Doesn't really matter what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ty, like I said, this has been great, great talking to you. This has been 19 years you've been doing this in the business. That is so wonderful. Yeah. You can see your passion for, for doing this, for planning the events and getting people together. And a wedding that you did in 2008 has a very special place. Uh, it makes I you wonder who place. that is. <laughs> <All right. Yes. laughs> it was just so professional. But at the same time, like you said, other people have said, you know, just the relationship that you built and just love working with you. Oh, so 
I, I really appreciate all that you've done for us, for everyone else. And thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. You are so very welcome. <laughs> all right. Well, have a good one. All right. You too. Thanks. No problem. Bye. Uh-huh. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.